Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. The Sinner and the Saint. A shadowy flight into the dangerous world of men who do not exist. Luke Anderson, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, and men 25 to 54 with a median household income of $78,000 per year. Now, there is one exception to that. No one cares. Shh, watch your mouth. Will Darkens, a disappointing Oregon State fullback with a receding hairline, desperately trying to hold on to the past. Don't mind that I'm just kind of sitting there looking in his yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, powered by Frostbrood Coors Light. A brilliant, imaginative, unrestrained exercise or display. I'm pleased that you're pleased. Get I'm pleased. On 1080, The Fan. Hey, kids. Welcome Samurai back. Samurai Sword. What's that? It was there. I heard it. I know. I know. Yeah. You're very excited about the Samurai Sword. Love Samurai every time. Swords. Hey, kids. Welcome back to Center and Saint. It's hour two. If you missed any part of the first hour, you can go to 1080thefan.com and download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. I really wish uh, we didn't have to do this stupid show so I could just sit and watch this college football game. It's raving review of the show. Michigan... Wisconsin. You don't need to tune in because we'll keep you up to date on what's going on. So we just had a play where Michigan caught what looked like a touchdown in the end zone, but upon further review, the his two feet that hit at the same time, they ruled that the one that landed out of bounds by two inches hit first. So while you were doing your Sports Center update, they showed that replay nine thousand times, and then Michigan. Uh, it was a pi- pylon play. It was right at the pylon. No, it wasn't. That was a different play. Oh. The, one, the one that they're showing now oh. is a pylon play, is a fumble at the pylon that Wisconsin recovered, and we'll have the ball on the one-yard line going the other way with a 7 nothing lead. That 7 nothing came on a great punt return. So that's what's going on in the only game that's important in college football today. Except for the Ducks and Wildcats. Listen, there's a lot of teams playing for bowl eligibility this week and next. There is uh, something that they call the college football playoff, and there's a selection committee for that, and they have deemed... Uh, that most of college football is irrelevant because they won't have a chance to play for this. Now, Wisconsin, most people think, needs to finish undefeated to be in there. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true because I think they're going to be in the Big Ten championship game either way. So if you lose a close game to Michigan today and still win the championship, I think that there's a possibility that you could be in there. But no question this is a very important game because obviously going into that game undefeated and then winning, you're a lock, 
right? Yes. So that game is very important today. You've got a couple teams that are that are big in the college football playoff that are playing cupcakes today. Now, some of them are by choice. Some of them you're forced to. Oklahoma's playing Kansas. That's a conference game. You have to play that game at some point. So I don't think it was designed to give Oklahoma an advantage. But you've got Clemson against the Citadel. You've got Auburn against Louisiana Monroe. And you have Alabama taking on Mercer. Yes, and... There was an article that was released by 538 yesterday that ran over some disaster scenarios because you are a fan of the catastrophe. I love what I want is I want the system to break itself and therefore you have to go and make a change. And whether that's something as simple as adding enough playoff teams or reconfiguring the conferences so the conference uh, championship games become playing games. Something to that effect would be what I'd be in favor of because that's expanding the playoffs without adding games, right? So here's yeah. a couple of scenarios. Go for it. Auburn wins the Iron Bowl. So Auburn would beat Alabama. And has already beaten Georgia. Win the SEC West and play Georgia in the title game. So okay. whoever wins is sure to be the first two-loss team then to make the college football playoff. Well, that's not true because Georgia's a one-loss team. Okay, again. Auburn beats Bama. Yes. But they win the SEC West and play Georgia in the title game and beat Georgia in oh, the so SEC you, title Oh, so you game. said whoever won. Yes, yes, yes. So you, yeah. So it would be a. So Auburn would be the first two-loss team because you, yes. you wouldn't put Georgia in after a loss in the SEC nope. championship nope. game. So that would make Auburn the first two-loss team in there. Yes. Okay. Are you okay with that? I don't know. It, Auburn's a strange team this year because I haven't seen a lot of tape on them except for the Georgia game. And even that game, you kind of question a little bit because then you say, well, I know that they completely hammered them, but does that mean that Georgia was just kind of irrelevant up to that point? Because then uh, Notre Dame got just smashed by Miami and Georgia beat them in a close game. So does, you know, there's this whole level of equivalency that you kind of have to siphon through. And so, that's why you look at this committee and you say, what kind of what kind of decision are they going to make at the end of well, the season? Well, okay, so so if you put value into their week nine rankings and you had Georgia was number one when Auburn beat them and then Alabama was number one when Auburn beat them, then that's that's how you prove that out. Now, Auburn's two, two losses, for those that may not know, they had a, uh, a early season loss. Uh, their second game of the year they played against Clemson when they were ranked number four in the country. Auburn was ranked sixth. They lost 14-6 in that game. Then Not a bad they, loss. Yep. And then they were and then Auburn was number six in the country again uh in October when they played against LSU. They lost 27-23 to number 21 ranked LSU. Kind of a blah loss. But it's a close loss, too. So it's it's a ranked team. It's a perennial power that the we we saw from last year how much the selection committee loves perennial powers when they put in Ohio State ahead of Penn State. Um but you 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 lost to a team that it's forgivable, right? So those are your two losses. And so if you finish the season on a high of beating the number one team in the country, then two weeks later beating the number one team in the country, then going back and beating Georgia again, which I think everybody would say that if, if they get into that game, the way they handled them last time, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. So now let's assume that this situation stands, right? Yep. That the, the whole Auburn thing. Here's the next scenario that could also turn this thing into a huge tailspin. They Is it they put Alabama in? What's that? If Alabama still makes it in, say they have a close loss to Auburn? Yes. The other one, TCU would run the table. So let's okay. say the Horn Frogs beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, creating uh, 
two two-loss teams in the Big 12. The committee would then, again, that's withholding this whole Auburn scenario. The, yep. the committee would then have to choose, I, I think, like eight to nine two-loss two teams to throw in there. Well, that's not necessarily true because with the other scenario that you could have is you could have Miami lose a close game to Clemson in the ACC title game, and you could put both of them in as one-loss teams. But that's hard because then you're putting a lot of stock in the ACC. Is the ACC I know, no, viable? No, listen, I wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying that would be a dooms. I think that would be a worse scenario, and those would be one-loss teams. I'd much rather have a two-loss Auburn in than a one-loss Clemson or Miami. Well, Clemson, mm. Clemson would obviously have to win the, the title game, but their loss was to Syracuse. I think that's a lot less forgivable than LSU and Clemson. I think my whole – I would want to see Miami in before I saw Auburn, honestly. Because Miami holds so much excitement with it, and that game against Notre Dame really got me kind of stoked for it. And and that's the thing. Like, I would not be very good on this committee because I would go all off of the excitement factor. Yeah. Like, I would want to build the most entertainment around the game possible. I don't have a problem with that. Your two undefeated teams right now are Miami and Wisconsin, who in the initial poll were actually ranked behind several one-loss teams. Is it Alabama undefeated? I'm sorry, Alabama too. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, we had already created the scenario where they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, but they were both on the outside looking in. Alabama's never been on the outside looking in of this scenario, but those two teams were, right? So the question is, does one loss immediately eliminate Wisconsin? And does it immediate? Well, it'll have to eliminate Miami if they lose in the title game, I would think, right? But those have been two of the most exciting teams all year. So it, what it does is it throws the wrench in it to when you, what, why does it matter so much when you lose? I think because then you see improvement, right? Any loss you have at the start of the season, I think kind of only, yeah, it, it holds half relevancy because then you have to see how well that team does comparative to how hard. There's a lot of factors that play into it. I think you're dead right, and that's why I don't care if a two-loss team gets in because if you're the best team at the end of the year, that means you're going to have the team that closely closest resembles who you were at the end of the year playing in the playoffs. One of the things and that I, that's what you need is I think you need the best teams at the time. And and who cares if your team wasn't as good in in September? And that's why the NFL playoffs and the, the college basketball tournament, it really doesn't matter what you do all year. As long as you get into the tournament, then you can go and you can wreak havoc. And that's why if you can somehow make it where you get the conference championship games to become a de facto play in game in whether you have to make it six or eight teams or whatever it is, you're adding a playoff game without adding games. And now you make the big 12 is the only one that's a guaranteed rematch in it. But if you can have Georgia, uh, you know, come, you know, go in and beat Auburn or Alabama or whoever it is, who cares what you did? You did enough to get into your conference championship game and you won it. If you have Ohio state win the big 10 and they do it with three losses, I don't care. You get into it. You're playing great at the end of the year. You beat whoever your opponent was and you're in. And now you have some chaos going, Oh, look how much better they were at the end of the year. Another scenario we'll get out on then this is uh, let's say Wisconsin We'll get lose. out when we feel like it. Let's say Wisconsin loses today. Don't make any promises today. you can't keep. Wisconsin loses today. Yes. They win the Big 12. Oh, I'm big sorry, 10. the Big 10. If they win the Big 12, that would be that amazing. That would be sweet. Wisconsin uh, loses today but wins the Big 10, and Alabama wins out until the SEC where they lose. So now you have an Alabama team that did not They're win the SEC. both one-loss teams, yeah. Both, yeah, but here's, here's the – right. Two one-loss teams, but here's the deciding factor – Wisconsin won the Big Ten. Alabama lost the SEC. I think. Are, can you conceivably rationalize 
getting Wisconsin out of the playoff to bump Alabama in. That'll be interesting. These would be one loss teams. Yeah. Cause yeah. then you would have this whole factor where you'd say, well, obviously Clemson's in there. Yep. Um, well, or, or Miami, also, or Miami, yeah, they're, they're, Miami, either one that's set up, but then you would have to think about it and say, well, I don't know. This, this flummoxes me Flummoxes. again. In none of these chaos scenarios, does it involve the PAC 12 sneaking in <laughs> under the radar? You don't think that Washington is, can get in no, there? There's, there's, I think there are zero chances that any of these create enough havoc that the PAC 12 gets in. Because Maybe the committee's like, Hey, Stanford, <laughs> Stanford may have lost three times, but yeah, come on. I don't know. Pretty good. I don't know. I'll throw you a chaos scenario. How about the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones versus the NFL? Yikes. Next. Center and Saint, 1080 the fan. So one final kind of mixed up problem that you have with this whole all these chaos scenarios is uh Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State all have a chance at the Big Ten title game. Trace McSorley. Trace. <laughs> Hop of the truck. Let's get down there. So that's the other thing is Wisconsin's already solidified. This is what college football needs to do somehow. They need to get rid of these divisions within their conferences. They suck. I also need more Trace. Well, totally need more Trace. Do you know the other night, Trace, right? He drank himself, I think, about 10 Guinness. He got in his truck, went down to the local bowling alley, bowled a perfect game. Then he crashed his truck. Yeah. So Trace. So if Michigan wins their final two games and Michigan State and Penn State both lose one game, Michigan's in, but they need that to happen. Let's make my brain hurt. Here's 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 my thing though, is is that are those four teams right there, is that the best collection of four teams in one division of college football? That's the question. That's what the committee has to grapple with. That's why it's so hard with that's four why teams. Ohio, that's why Ohio State's still in there, but their losses aren't to any of those three other teams. They haven't yeah. played Michigan yet. And I also think Ohio State's one of those teams because they have Urban Meyer attached to them that you just, th there's some coaches of some teams at this point now that they're automatically kind of just looked at more favorably. Sweeney, Saban, uh, Harbaugh, if the team was a little bit better, Urban Meyer. Um, yeah, I, I think you just have a little bit more of an advantage. Very interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, this game still seven nothing Wisconsin over Michigan. Uh, so if Wisconsin beats Michigan, that pretty much eliminates them from contention, and Wisconsin stays alive for their bid for the college football playoffs. Jerry Jones, do you know who Jerry Jones is? Yes, uh, his eyes are very far apart. I don't think they're that far apart. They're pretty far apart. Far farther apart than normal, but I don't think freakishly far apart. Not like. You're like, Jerry, what are you looking at? Yeah, I don't think he didn't creep me out that much. So, uh, do you know who Roger Goodell is? Yeah, I do know. They're, uh, they seem to be at odds with one another. Yes, they are. And they're so, even more at odds now that that ESPN article came out yesterday. Jerry Jones is the most powerful owner in the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell is trying to get an extension as the commissioner of the NFL. Is Are you, are you into the soap opera? Is this something that you're... Oh, totally. So I'm not there yet. ESPN threw out this article that basically detailed the whole kind of chronological order of why this happened, how it happened, and who's involved in it. And one of the biggest parts of the article was this whole um, 
this whole moment that they um that they captured where Goodell sat down in his office and called Jerry Jones and let him know that the suspension would hold for Zeke Elliott. And so they described the scene where Goodell's in his office on speakerphone and he gives it he gives Jerry Jones the news. Zeke Elliott gone six games and it's quiet. And then after a while, this is the quote in the article, Jerry Jones gets back on the phone and he tells Goodell, quote, I'm going to come after you with everything I have, Jones said. Then he mentioned Deflategate. If you think Bob Kraft came after you hard, Bob Kraft is a P dash 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 Y compared to what I'm going to do. So Jerry Jones at this point now understands that he has a deadline for life being 75 years old and not in great health. And is he, he not wants in great to, health? Not he in great looks health. awful. He looks awful, but is he does he have any like, I think the red nose might indicate a little something to yeah, you. Yeah, but Al Davis looked like he was going to die for 40 years. Yes, but hate kept him alive. <laughs> and you don't think there's plenty of hate coursing through the veins of the undead Jerry Jones? I think it's more strippers and liquor. Either way, I think that's a good medicine. Yeah. I think it'll keep you alive. I am completely enthralled by this because it's basically a part of a larger narrative that there's something wrong with the NFL. We can't completely put our finger on it because there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of things wrong with the NFL. Yeah, right? I think I still think there's kind of the linger from the flag protest and there's this kind of weird thing. And then you have November is uh, military appreciation months. But th- a lot of people forget that there was the an article a couple of years ago saying how much money the military pays to be part of the NFL oh, and yeah. their, their flag ceremonies and their their salute to the military month and all of that. So that has kind of a mid-America little bit of backlash there. And then you have the concussion issue. And this week there was reports that they've actually been able to identify uh, CTE uh, prepartum uh before yes. b- yeah before death and it, it's still a little ways before it's just you know a, a swab of your you know cheek before you know what it is but that is moving towards it where if you can go and get a test and you're an active player that is extremely dangerous i think for the health of football so all of these things in combination uh, have put small targets on the back of the NFL and you know you know, bleeding from three or four different spots, that's going to be pretty dangerous. Well, and I think that that is going to be a huge game changer, what you mentioned with the CTE test. If they can get it down to a science where, like you said, you know, it's a swab of the cheek or maybe even just a blood test mm-hmm. uh, where you can then tell if you have these onset signs of CTE or possibly a scan, I think you're going to see a whole lot of players going into early retirement before that. Because well, imagine it's not if you like, can scan high school football players and oh playing God, three years yeah. of high school football has effect on kids, how many parents are going to pull their kids out. And, it, it, you know, it might be a death by a thousand cuts, but if you give somebody one reason to stop watching the NFL, that might not be enough. But you give them five reasons to stop watching the NFL or stop being interested in it. it you know, it's a very different story. But you're also going to have a lot of players like Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley is the complete, I, I would say... He is the complete advocate to football in a scary sense that it's very well known and very well documented. Luke Keekley has had dozens of concussions in the league and of many doctors. I don't know if it's that many, but they've, quite they've, docu- they've documented at least one a year for the last yes. three seasons. And there's this whole belief that if he gets one more concussion, it could cause some serious health concerns for him. Yeah. Luke Keekley has come out in articles and he said, I don't care. Yep. He said, I understand the dangers of it. I get it, but this is what I live for. This is my life's passion. This is what I'm going to do. If it means a, you know, if it means a huge problem for my health going forward, even though I think, you know, he's probably a late 20s guy, 
I don't care. That's fine with me. Yeah. And I think you might see a lot of players who come out after that because they say that football is enough of their passion that they are going to risk it. But you will see a massive portion of them look at those tests and say, look, if I have early signs of CTE, I'm done. Yep. Yep. I, it, it's scary. It's scary for the health of the game, and it's scary for kids too, I think. Yeah, well, and I think that's what it is, is when you see fewer and fewer people playing the game. I mean, it's... It, I don't think you're going to have an immediate thing because CTE isn't one of those things where you see somebody get hit and the, something changes immediately. There's always that fear of paralysis and you see every so often. And I don't think it happens in the NFL as much as you see it in college or even in high school where you get kids carried off on a, on a backboard, you know, yeah, a kid from Rutgers, right? Yeah. That's one that jumps to mind, but you see, just, you see it often enough. Uh, and you always hear the stories because if it happens in high school football, it becomes a national story. And there's these scary moments where, you know, you've had kids die on the football field. But if something happened like that in the NFL, where you had a string of injuries that weren't just knees and shoulders and you start having neck injuries, uh, Ricardo Lockett's one that, uh, yes, stands out for scary. me, uh, in the NFL, but you get a few more of those in the NFL, the optics are really bad on something like that. But CTE is one of those things where it's long after your playing career, you're going to see the effects in your personal life is not something that has a visual attached to it that as scary. But I, I but, think a visual of that that could be scary is Jim McMahon. Because you, you look at Jim McMahon now, they did he was in some kind of documentary, I forget, but basically they they detailed him. It might have been with um real sports, but they detailed his after playing career and he's somebody who uh, now does puzzles every day. This is his practice to basically refresh his memory about where he's going, why he's in certain rooms, yeah. and uh, basically the people that he meets only on a short-term basis. He remembers his family. He remembers very close friends. But if uh, you know you meet Jim McMahon at a party and you have an hour-long conversation with him, you and I, if that happened to us, we would mostly remember the person eh, saying Depends on how interesting they were. But you would, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But you would remember somewhat Jim McMahon can't remember any of that sure. he's basically just a walking just cloud of just i i don't know well but the other thing too is is that the nfl has has made steps obviously they've got you know a big settlement with the retired players and you know there's complaints that it's not paying out fast enough and you're always going to have this and you see it with our military veterans all the time where you know you're building these systems with the, the best of intentions and they don't always work really well well what the nfl you know can do and has an opportunity to do is the more you learn about cte the more you learn about things that can help you know stem the tide of, of memory loss and and violent outbursts and stuff like that so if if the nfl or just you know medicine in general the more you know about something the better you can fight it the better you can help prevent it uh, alzheimer's is this way parkinson's is this way any of these you know neurological disorders that you have the more you learn about it the easier it is to live with it and you go on and on and on and, and hopefully it's something that can get better but again it's really how detrimental is it to the turnout of kids that want to play? Do you see dwindling numbers in college football and before it affects the NFL? That's a long way off. But again, this this Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell bickering between billionaires and Roger Goodell wanting a $50 million, that's, that's pretty a bad optic. for life. Yeah. Health insurance for his family for life. You know what that means, right? Like, I, I actually had to think about this for a little bit because I only took it on its base level where I was like, wow, his wife, his kids, all that. No, no, no. Grand that kids. means his kids' kids. His yeah. kids, 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 kids. The Goodell lineage for the rest of existence yeah. will have health care. That's bizarre. That's very bizarre and very conniving. And God, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I don't think you've been in a position where that is. But again, these... uh, those were in my demands here yeah. when I took this job. Uh, oh, sorry, when I got this job. Oh, sorry, when I snuck my way into this job. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, when I was an unpaid intern for a certain time. You're still unpaid. Nobody's paying you to be here. You just keep showing up and nobody's had the heart. You're very much Milton. I sleep in the uh, producer's booth. <laughs> nice little air mattress in there. Uh, is the inter- I'm sorry? Is the NBA getting more entertaining? Hey, we all just train. I think. Do you really think so? Hey, we all just train. LeBron thinks so. Oh, he's excited about trains. Five bucks hey, says train. five bucks says he went home and bought a train set. <laughs> like a New York subway train. He's set. on the subway with a train set from FAO Schwartz. How can you be around. so goddamn excited about being on the subway? He's never been on a subway before. Hey, look, like these I are told- real people. This is what real people look like. But like I told you, like I went on the subway and it's exciting for maybe a minute, and then like you just smell it. And then you see how many, like, just greasy people are around you. And you go, I don't like this. Some strange uh, mix of NBA and college football are next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. I never stand when I can sit. I never sit. The NBA season is kind of strange so far. And you did this big outline of all the teams that are doing well that should be doing poor and all the teams that are doing poor that should be doing well. Uh... Gordon Hayward goes down the first day of the season. You're like, okay, Boston's out of it. The Cavs should roll. Uh, the the Warriors uh, started off a little bit slow, but they're back to where they should be. You've got the bit. Thunder supposed to be good. Pelicans, as I told you, would uh, would start to see returns of having two great big players. Except Anthony Davis had his, I think, third concussion last night. Yeah, well, it's basketball. I don't think he was worried about CTE in basketball. So. I just don't. God, that was pretty dismissive of you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Ah, who cares? Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyways, that's all a list. That's shoot a ball, the idiot. That's a list that you made to talk about. <laughs> yes. Uh, just, don't care about it. Okay. Here, here's the question for you. Glad I put the work in. Hey, listen, I used it. I just went through it, right? Because you wanted to give me all this credit for saying the Pelicans. Whatever. Okay. Here's here's my question for you. Is it better for the NBA if you have the Cavs Warriors part four? Or anybody else? Hmm. Anybody else meaning not those two teams? Or anybody but those two teams anybody play, but those play teams. in the finals. So say Houston and Doesn't Boston. Matter. Any t- is, it, is it better to have, that's where, that's where we're starting, better for them or any other two teams to play? I think no matter what happens in this NBA season, it's going to be okay because okay. of the LeBron James, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony overarching storyline, which is where they can are they all take be off ne- next year. Yeah, where are they going to be next season? Did I, uh, did Westbrook sign an extension? Yeah. Okay. He's there. Okay. But long term. Yes. But the whole theory, right, is that Paul George and uh, LeBron James are going to want to go head out to LA after yeah, this yeah, yeah. season. They're all going to be Clippers. Got it. Here is a very intriguing thing that I read this past week is that apparently, and this is from reports that I can't confirm. So here <laughs> okay, we go. Good. Apparently, so LeBron, you wrote it down and then you read it back to yourself. Uh, yes, I okay, did. Got it. And I signed my name to make it official. Sure. Apparently, LeBron James is keeping a very close eye on the 76ers. Sure. And that's because Joel Embiid dropped something like 46. 46. Yep. On the, the other night. On the Lakers, yep. which, you know, take take what that what you will. But that's a, that's a 76ers team that is now thriving with Embiid, with Ben Simmons, and hasn't even started or played Markel Fultz yet. Yeah. 
I think that looks a little bit more intriguing than L.A. if I'm LeBron James. Well, yeah, but wherever LeBron James goes, that team immediately becomes a title contender. But you'd be an even Except for bigger, maybe Phoenix. But you'd be an even bigger title contender because you'd get to stay in the East, right? Sure, I guess. I mean, you still have to get there. And you, have, you have to get there and be competitive. But yeah, I think I think any team, wherever LeBron goes, it changes the entire landscape of the NBA. There's, I don't except for Phoenix. Except for Phoenix. Let's make make that very very clear. How weird would that be if you went to Phoenix? <laughs> I think that'd be awesome if you went to the worst team in the NBA and just decided that's where you should set up shop and and does that on one year contracts and whoever finishes last, that's where he goes and just does a tour for the last eight years of his career. That would be the best thing that would happen to the NBA. That would make him probably one of the most. I mean, he's already one of the most memorable players of all time. Yeah, but, but that, think about me, it. He would endear himself to every fan base because yes. you'd be like, you now you'd be tanking to get the number one draft pick and LeBron James. Like he just makes the announcement, going, "Hey guys, here's what I've decided to do. I love the NBA so much, and I love parody, and I love all the fans and the way they've treated me in every city around the country. Here's what I'm going to do, and just and then you'd have active tanking, which would be fun to watch." Be awful. If everybody if admi- teams meaning oh, to no, lose no. every game. If every team admitted that they were losing every game, and then you watch them try to to be like the Washington Generals and just play. Imagine I don't get Washington- it. Why did you start Shabazz Napier and keep Lillard on the bench? Well, well, how obvious would you be? Would you have like a one nothing game? Would people just sit there and just play zero zero until it ended in ties? Like there'd be a tip off, and then all the players would just let the ball roll around and just kind of look around. Here's my thing. I think the best case scenario for the NBA this season is if you have the Warriors and the Cavs both make their conference finals and lose. So who would you have the uh, Warriors lose to? Don't care. I just – no, I don't. It, see, I, I, I would say, want to see some drama in the NBA finals. Unless it's the Spurs. Yeah, that would bother me. See, I, don't want, the, I don't want the Spurs. Yeah, throw, it, the, throw the Spurs out. But if the Rockets beat them in a – Great contest, well contested series, and you have the Rockets make the finals, or if you have the Pelicans, or if the Phoenix Suns turned around, something would have to happen. I don't care who. I, the more exciting narrative to me is if the Timberwolves figure out what they have, turn it on, and then make this amazing like Mavericks 2011 playoff run. I think it'd be great if the the Thunder get it together late and make a run just to get into the playoffs, and then go and wreak havoc. Whatever it is, if the Warriors don't make the finals, I think that's great. I think having LeBron James in there, especially with the slow start, if they have an uphill battle to get in, I think that's the best case scenario. I think the Warriors out is good for the NBA. Let me just take some time to rub something in some Blazer fan faces. Please, fire away. How are the Oklahoma City Thunder doing so far this year? They're great. They're really they're they're biding their time. They're setting it up. What they're doing is they're doing a rope-a-dope. And they're doing yeah. it really well. They're, huh. they're lowering expectations, and they're going to roll. They're not great. No, LeBron. Uh, LeBron. Uh, Mello sucks. And if he came here, it would have made the team it worse. Is that, is that your team. point? Yeah, that's what okay. I want to basically yeah, shut up. We heard I, that. It, no, okay, it's but absolutely that you ridiculous. Done this two weeks ago. Shut up. It's absolutely ridiculous oh, the fact I'm, that we have to go over this again and just point it out to people and go, that's what we could have had. Okay. Somebody okay. who doesn't hey, play hey, defense. Listen, listen, if you want to rub it in people's faces, how good are the Blazers? What did they do good. to get better? What did the Blazers do to get better? What I'm saying is, Melo wouldn't listen, have made listen, them better. I, I agree with you. I'm glad that Carmelo Anthony didn't come here. I never thought it was a good idea. But to defend the people without voices, those out there that said, we want Carmelo Anthony and we want him to come to the Blazers, 
at least it would have changed something. Something. It would have made us worse, is my opinion. The, you know what? Get better, get worse, change. Stop being one of the teams fighting for the seventh seed. How good are the Blazers right now with no, without making any changes this last year? Like playoff-wise? Yeah. I don't I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Well, there you go. So so again, I never liked so to make again, those. Again, for all those people that really wanted Carmelo, they just wanted something different. They didn't necessarily want Carmelo. They thought they had a chance because Damian Lillard and CJ went out and were best friends with him and their social media musings of well, having him CJ's there. CJ's really and, good at Photoshop. And the photoshopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm okay that they got on board with that because do something different. I don't think this Blazers team is different enough to make an impact on the league. Well, and I don't want to make any sweeping generalizations yet. My whole rule on playoff picture is wait till Christmas. Sure. If you can wait till Christmas. Wait till February. uh, I think Christmas you get a pretty good idea. Uh, Because then what? You're you're more than a quarter out of the season at that point. Sure. So I think... you, you kind of see where things are going to go after the Christmas break, but, um, or the Christmas day. When's game. it, when's the trade deadline end of January? Uh, yeah. It's right before the all-star break. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's, that's where you draw the line. Though. Yeah. Cause look at the Blazers last year. They, they had a choice to tank pump the or, last 20 games yeah. or, or to go for it. And then they get Nurkic and then they make a little run. And then they decided they're like, all right, well, we're too close to the playoffs not to go for it. And they end up, you know, getting worse draft picks because yeah, I, I'm just, I'm more and more, I see the stats that make it kind of okay that Yusuf Nurkic is on this team, but the eye test pretty much just tells me that this guy isn't as good as what we built him up no, to be. No, I think like, it, yeah. nowhere as good as what we uh, built him up to uh, be. His head doesn't seem right, and that's part of the reason he got benched in Denver. Like, how many times have you seen Yusuf Nurkic drive into the lane, do a spin, and then just kind of throw up a weird hook shot to try to draw a foul? I feel uh, like six, I see that it way too many times. It's six times. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I forget how much film you watch. I watch a lot of six times. I when I'm not here, uh, I ignore my kids and watch Blazers film. Three minutes into the third quarter against uh, the Pelicans. The first time they played at home, that's the opening. Doesn't home. matter that There's it's November. One. I watch every game like it's June. I get the game footage of every every single one. Uh, I have a but, source. Five five three zero five Bridgeport Beers text line. Do you want to see somebody new in the finals? You want to see the same old, same old. I think it's time. There's enough good teams. There's enough interesting storylines in the NBA that I want to see somebody new in there. I want to see some uh, young players, somebody that's never been there before. To me, it makes more fun. Will wants the same old, same old. So you put your vote in the Bridgeport Beers text line, or use our Twitter thing. Uh, the what is it? Twitter. It's at Twitter. Center Saint We're at ten eighty. Twitter. We'll put up a poll. You can pick who you want to see in the finals. Maybe. Maybe we won't. Crystal Balls is next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. So you, you may or may not recognize this as ACDC. Malcolm Young died. I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but our listeners, it may. Malcolm Young is uh, one of the two founders of the band. Uh, Malcolm and Angus Young are the two guitar players and the kind of the stalwarts of ACDC that's been around forever. He's dead. And he dead. 64 years old. Bye. Bye. Wait a minute. What? Are you listening to this? Yeah, I was wondering why it was going so slow. Because you, you didn't save it in the right form. <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen. I hear it. What do you mean it's saved in the wrong format? This sounds like it's a long way to the top, like in my nightmares. It is. Well, he's dead, so maybe it's uh, maybe it's him coming back to haunt. <laughs> do you think this is what he's hearing as he like passes to the other side? This is harrowing. Bon Scott, he's also dead. 
their first their first lead singer. So yeah, this whole thing is creepy. This is just terrible. This is depressing. Glad we could bring that to you. I was wondering why it did sound weird when it came in. I was like, this is really slow. But there you go. I gotta find something. There's I have to there's this file I did on Dirt and Sprague when I was producing once. That okay, you, uh, you look for that. It, it did the same thing, but it was like a, the call for a baseball game, and it just sounds frightening. Okay, you find that real quick. Uh, I just kind of wanted to go through this. I was looking at the top 25. So there's a handful of games that are being played right now that are probably the most entertaining games you're going to get all day. I've been complaining about this. So, of course, we've already mentioned Alabama's playing Mercer. What a joke. But Virginia's up 21 14 at halftime against Miami. So that'll be interesting the rest of the way out. Michigan, Wisconsin, 7 7. Uh, Auburn's only up 14 7 on Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe. But all you think that Auburn will do is probably put in their starters at some point. Uh, TCU, Texas Tech playing right now, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Mississippi State's a top 25 team. They're playing Arkansas. That's close. Here's the funny thing, though. All the games that start later today, uh, there's about 15 of them. There's one game that has less than a double-digit point spread. Everything's like 14.5 or greater, except for tell me how interested you are to watch NC State Wake Forest. It's a great game or a great week in college football. It's not necessarily a great week, so... We'll pick some Pac-12 games, but I'm staying away from those. Or I'll have you. How about this? I'll let you pick. It's it's halftime right now at Michigan, Wisconsin. Who you got? Uh, what's the score right now? Seven seven halftime. Seven seven. Uh, like this. I knew this would be one of the most infuriating games ever because it's two teams that basically control the clock and, and defense uh, are good at defense. Yep. So, uh, I think I'm gonna take. Wisconsin in this one because of the home field advantage because they have so much momentum riding on this game for Jim Harbaugh which actually this puts him in an interesting little pickle uh that if Jim Harbaugh loses this game and then loses against Ohio State it's not that he's on the hot seat it's that Michigan then becomes on the hot seat because Michigan will never fire they're this gonna, they're going to they're going to end their football program what the hell are you talking about I'm telling you that Jim Harbaugh is going to look at this program and go is this worth it anymore maybe Harbaugh? you should take that Colts uh that Colts job cuz yeah. there's been a lot of rumors surrounding that that Harbaugh is now getting disinterested at Michigan and that he can't beat Ohio State and that's kind of bothering him and maybe he wants to get back into the pros Huh? I'll be interesting uh, his brother's still there obviously so um yeah uh I don't know if I buy that I'd have to talk to Jim. I'll give him a call after the show. We'll talk about it next week. Um, did you find what you were looking for? No, I didn't. Okay. Here's the games uh, going on in you the pack. 12 will make your picks. Uh, Arizona State is a seven-point favorite against Oregon State. You are flying to that game. It is at noon if you want to catch it on the television. Flying's pack, an understatement. Pac-12 network. Uh, who do you have in this game? I obviously have Arizona State, but uh, it's going to be a really exciting game just because of the fact that... Uh, <sighs> Uh, <laughs> looking for a it's reason. It's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know. It, 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 <sighs> Go ahead. Find words. I'm basically waiting for the Civil War, and I'm waiting for the month after the season's over where the coaching search then starts to narrow down and say, this is who our coach is going to be, right? Because for Oregon State, you can't wait longer than a month after the season to get back and get a head coach named because that's yeah. where the recruiting trail is really going to start, you know, ramping up and you're really going to have to start 
kind of developing a strategy for how you want the team to look. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to hire somebody that's working right now. That's probably the yes. reason you haven't seen anything happen. And you wonder how much of a candidate Corey Hall really is. And a win here would make, mean a lot for Oregon state. Are you trying to tell me that Les miles is not a candidate? Well, I think that was written about, I think somebody wrote that down and then I read it. So yeah. Are you sure you didn't write it down? I've done that before where I write things down and then yeah, I we think just, it's news. We just, we just, we just did that. Arizona at Oregon, Oregon favored by three. That's on the Pac-12 network as well. Um, that four hmm. I'm going to take Arizona in this one only because Khalil Tate is just running train on the rest of the Pac-12 whoa, right whoa, now. Whoa, is that the term you're gonna? I'm going to use that term. Yikes! Um, okay. This is also going to be an interesting game to see how Herbert responds after injury. Uh, Justin Herbert has been out for I think six, five five weeks, five weeks, and a, then a bye week. Six six weeks total, but five so games. He's been out for about six weeks, and if you think that he's going to make all the difference immediately, you're completely wrong. Because whoa, a difference. shut up! If you think he's going to be better than the other guy, he will be. There's it will a, make a difference. What are you talking about? There is a difference between throwing in think, practice you, and getting you, back in the game. If you don't think he'll make a difference right away, you're wrong. Will it be enough to beat Arizona is the question. But, yes, he'll make an impact. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see, honestly. You're saying coming back from injury, he turned into Braxton Burmeister. I'm not saying he turns into Braxton Burmeister. I'm saying <laughs> that he might be throwing some picks pretty early. Yeah, no, he can be bad, but it'll make a difference. Their, their offense will look very different. Their playbook will open up. They will attempt passes. That they They'll actually throw through. the ball. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, one more on the Pac-12, and then we'll look at a couple quick NFL games. UCLA, USC, uh, 14 and a half point favorites for the Trojans. Trojans. Okay. Uh, let's see. What are the games that you really liked here? Uh, Rams, Vikings, 10 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Minnesota by two and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams because they've become my favorite NFL team this season. All right. Uh, let's see. There's one other one that I wanted to look at. Uh, what about the Sunday night game? Eagles at Cowboys. Yeah. Sunday night. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the Eagles. The only reason I'm picking that one is because the Cowboys have now gone into full full explode mode without Zeke Elliott and Jerry Jones just tearing the NFL up. So this will be interesting. Um, Eagles are favored by five and a half, but I think they cover that as well. Uh, final one, Monday night game, Falcons at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks favored by two and a half. Take the Falcons. Sorry, what? I'll take the Falcons. Sounded like you said you were going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons because Cam Chancellor is now out and this team looks like they are on crutches. They don't have a secondary, so I'm going to take the team that has a quarterback that can expose that. I'm still taking the Seahawks because I'm an idiot and I'm a fan. Everybody, thanks for sticking around with us. Pleasure uh, having you join us for our Saturday morning shenanigans. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Center and Saints on 1080 The Fan. Hey, we on this train. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.